Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hello everybody and welcome along to IMSA Radio's continuing coverage of the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge for 2019. Round 4 as part of the Sealand's 6 Hours of the Glen event. Sunshine is playing its part. Beautiful afternoon for free practice one. This is the second and final of the two four-hour races for the Pilot Challenge in 2019. 37 cars get the green flag right now. And we have got a line of about 10 or a dozen. Oh, no, maybe a bit more than that. Getting on for half to two-thirds of that 37-car field. Rolling out of the fast lane right now and onto this classic circuit. I'm John Hindoff here at Trackside in the IMSA Broadcast Centre, just over the start-finish line, uh, looking across the paddock with unrestricted views down towards Seneca Lake. And we have a beautiful view this afternoon. Uh, Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam uh, with me. Uh, second of the two four-hour races, Shea. The teams like these races. They like the extra st- strategy that's brought into it. And from a business point of view, some of them will be adding an extra driver as well. Yeah, and uh, a couple of really Big guns being drafted in again for this race. We've got in the Riley Technologies AMG GT3 alongside uh, Dylan Murray and James Cox. Jerome Blakemullen. You ever heard of him before? Mm. He's pretty nifty. Uh, Andrew Davis is joining in. Robin Liddell, his longtime driving partner. And uh, that will be in the number 71 with Frank Depew, the only Camaro, the lone Camaro, trying to bring a little bit of American pride back to this series by winning a race. And, uh, yeah, there's there's some really exciting third drivers that have been added to the lineup in both classes. Jeremy Shaw, it's, I, I like this. We start the season at, at Daytona with a four-hour race, and it always brings us tremendous action and excitement. This is a very different course in terms of its personality but we've seen some cracking races down here in the past and the four hour format suits here down to the ground yeah i think it should do and uh, as Shay was saying a really star-studded entry list here um in some way surprised there aren't more teams electing to go for a third driver um as you say some of them for commercial reasons otherwise other just sort of because they can. Yeah. For, for example, number 65, Brent Mosing and Tim Probert, they regularly share that uh, Marilla Racing Mercedes-AMG GT4 car uh, and uh, incidentally had a, a magnificent run last time out to finish in fourth position at Mid-Ohio. That was a great run for those two, by far their best, um, their best result in the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge. They've been racing in this series for quite a few years now. Made the debuts back in 2013 and 2004, actually, for, for Tim Probert. So oh. a long, long time ago. Um, but, they, yeah, they've had some good results in ST in the ST category, in which they competed up until that series closed down. But uh, that was a great run for them a couple of weeks ago. But they, they've taken the opportunity this weekend to bring in their, their regular standby guy, Justin Piscitel. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll be the third driver in car number 65. Uh, track temperature showing at 113 degrees Fahrenheit. And just 
with a little bit of overcast there, that'll drop down a wee bit. So that's well over 40 degrees Celsius. 43. 43, yeah, 43, 44. Air temperature 82 degrees Fahrenheit. That's down in the mid to high 20s. Uh, again, that will have been affected by a little bit of cloud that we have. It's Simpsons-type cloud. The Simpsons. Yes. Michelin pilot. <laughs> Not sure how we can work that into that, but I'll give it a go. Huh. It is, uh, however, nevertheless, a beautiful afternoon to go motor racing. The Alpha, the red Alpha, the number three car, just getting a, a little bit mm. of... Uh, no, that isn't the number three car. Yeah, it is. Oh, it it's is, number right. Three. The black one is number five. Which is out on the on the track. Uh, but Alex Popper, has, has, he's gone out and come straight back mm. in again, has he? Or has he not gone out again? It's showing he's out Let's in an outlap, see. but that must have just triggered as he came into the pits. Already a problem uh, that has been brought to the attention of race control for Nate Stacey in the number 60 car racing uh Ford Mustang left the pit box early, so he'll get a yeah. drive through for that. Well, technically, he left the pit box yesterday when he was doing the track walk because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that they started the track walk from their pit box just to make it even more accurate. Like it. Uh, so, yeah, he, he left the pit box early, 24 hours too early. So, but what does that mean, Shay? Because we had a line of co- cars actually in the acceleration lane waiting for the green flag. So how did he get called for leaving his pit box early? So the way that it works is if you wish, you may go straight to the pit exit when you're released from the paddock area onto the pit lane. You may not stop in your box if you choose to do that. You Ah. may join the queue. What happens? The green flag is held stationary when the green flag comes out. The cars that were lined up are allowed to leave. When the last car exits the pit lane, the green flag is waved. And when it's waved, you're allowed to leave your pit box. What happened was Nate saw the green flag held and went, ooh, and hit the go pedal. Yeah, okay. Just over-excitedness from the driver. You really can't blame him. No, get out on this circuit. Uh, First lap times coming in. Spencer Pumpelli in the 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport, the number 11 car. Under two minutes, straight away, straight off the bat. Pretty much Close, I would say, Jeremy Shaw, to perfect conditions this afternoon. Uh, and this circuit haven't been what relayed what a couple of seasons ago now. It's really maturing. A lot of the bumps were taken out when the resurfacing was done. We'll be expecting to see very fast times from these cars this weekend. Yeah, I think so. Lap record times, yeah, probably. Yeah, c- quite likely. Uh, we've seen uh, several this season, and uh, I would expect to see more of that here today. The, the lap records were set last year, both of them in GS. It was Brett Sandberg in a Ford Mustang GT4 that set the fastest time in qualifying at a 156.454. Fastest lap in a race uh, last year, by the way, was Damien Faulkner uh, at a 156.491, so very, very close. Uh, both those two average speeds of well over 100, well over 105 miles an hour. In TCR, the qualifying lap record set last year by Pierre Kleinubing at a 158.028. You said 156, right, Jeremy? For a track record? Yes. Yeah, we've just gone 155.8. Yeah. Thank you, Corey Corey Fergus. Fergus. (laughs) So the second flying lap uh, world is the track record. Uh, And uh, the first first line lap there for Stephen Simpson in the number 54 TCR Audi was a 159.0. And that record is a 158.0. Uh, well, give him a chance. 
<laughs> so see that little speck in the rearview mirror? That's last year's track record. Yeah. Uh, and Corey Fergus is driven by that uh, to some degree. Greg Leofuga just goes through in the number 88 BMW at a 56.7. So already the track record annihilated. So a 155.816 is the new best standard. Now this is a, a the practice session. So track records, I'm, I'm old school with this. I still say that you, your track record has to be set in a race session. Well, yeah, or you can have a qualifying lap record, you I would can. say, and a race lap you record. You can, uh, but the, the, the qualifier being that you have to say that that was set in a qualifying Indeed. session and not in a race session. Uh, and not in a practice session. Yeah, Correct. exactly. I agree. I, I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that, Jeremy, totally. But that gives you some idea, dear listener, of uh, just how hard these drivers are trying. And, of course, we have had a change in tyre supplier. Let's not forget that. Michelin are on board this year, hence the Michelin Pilot Challenge. But... but oh. <laughs> Are you closer to him or am I? You, you are, John. I'll let you do the honour. Can I add The next some? sound you hear, dear listener, Ouch. will be Jeremy Shaw being hit with a, something heavy. The year. Yeah. Uh, no, no, well we deserved. can't. We can't. It's his birthday week. Um, <laughs> one relevant point, though. This is the only time all weekend where the cars will be out on track at the same time of day as when their race is supposed uh, to be. Oh, that is a good point. The only asterisk i will put there and it's a fairly large one that might actually turn into a black little storm cloud literally no no is rain on saturday it's not happening uh, have, you, uh, it's it not was said that last weekend at, at uh, road america for the indycar weekend and we're talking about yeah, all persistent rain. yeah all pretty, pretty much that's what it was saying last weekend and it was, yeah. it was dry the whole time a couple, couple of couple of drops maybe a sprinkles on I think it was Sunday morning, but otherwise it was dry the whole way through. It was astonishing. Well, I'm showing this really, really good scary weekend. little icon that says thunderstorms for Saturday. Yeah, and then the little right icon America. that says rain for Sunday. No. Um, and it's going to cool off it. significantly, which is at least a bright side. Um, I'll take it. It's okay. Every race where we've had the GTD cars running so far this year in the 2019 IMSA season has involved some form of rain. Again, I blame, blame Ryan Hardwick. For bringing, really? well, he's a professional jet ski racer by oh, trade, yes, so yes, he's brought yes, the water. Yes, yes. Seems reasonable. Yeah. We've had a lot of rain this year in in, a, in pretty much all of our uh, events that we've been to. We were trying to blame it all on uh, Jackie Warnock, but I, I don't think even she's been to everyone where we've had rain. It has been there has been elements of rain at uh, far too many events this year. Dan uh, Layton with. Acura was blaming mm. Catherine Legg because for a while every race he went to with her it rained. It, well, including some of the Jaguar E-Pace trophy exactly. races, yes absolutely, but I don't think even Kat um, has been the goddess of precipitation uh, this year. Tra- to lap time invalidated for a turn track limits violation for the number 97 Aston Martin AMR Vantage Robertland Jr. in that GS 97 car. Uh oh um our championship leader in TCR is car number 37, and that is being shown as stopped out on the course. Tom O'Gorman behind the wheel somewhere in sector one. Shares with Shelby Blackstock already a couple of races on the couple of race wins on the season for that very impressive team and the new Honda Civic TCR, including the first four hour of the season. Yes, so they've got they've got form in the longer races. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can find out where. Uh, Tom is out on the circuit. Hmm. Well, even if we pull the tracker up, it'll still just show the 37 is stopped out in the right-hand column of that uh, portion of graphic. 5, 8, and 37 stopped. 
at the moment. Not five seeing where. Five eight has stopped. That's interesting. No, no, five. Oh, eight. Five comma eight yes, comma five, thirty-seven. Yes, five eight and thirty-seven. <laughs> uh, not seeing. Five would be the Alfa Romeo of Tim yeah. Lewis Jr. That would be the black one. Tom O'Gorman got right through. Oh. So he must be in the first sector somewhere. Yes. He must be in the first sector somewhere. He's a guy who's been driving everything under the sun lately as well. Good like for him. An autocross driver by trade. And he was at VIR whew, last weekend, I want to say. Just trying to follow him on Instagram is a bit um, dizzying because it seems like he's at a different track every weekend and you're going, wait a minute, you're you're there, but now you're there. And now you're, ooh. If ever they develop the power of apparition, I think Tom would benefit from it immensely. Although he does seem to like to drive his race car to the racetrack himself. He's a good old-fashioned guy Put like in that. in the trailer? Yep. Wow, good for him. Good for him. So we are still under green flag. 48 minutes on the nosy still to go. Through goes one of the Mustangs. And did that improve? Yes, it, no, it didn't. That was your Buford, I think, in the 40 car going through. We've seen improvement right at the top there. Dylan Murray, who's the form young man at the moment, certainly. You know, number 35, Riley Motorsport, Mercedes AMG. He goes to the top of the charts overall. 155.710. On lap four, so that eclipses the best that Corey Fergus did before he brought that motorsport in action. McLaren, car number 69, onto the pit lane. So right now, the top five, we've got Mercedes, McLaren, Audi, and Chevrolet. Then the second Mercedes, that would be car number four, the uh, team... TGM. Uh, yep. TGM, yeah, car number four. Uh, and then... The best of the... Uh, that's changed. What's, what just changed? Uh, Jeff Westfall jumped up and Robin Liddell jumped up. Correct. Um, but I just want to clarify for people around the track who are maybe going, there's no Tom O'Gorman in Sector 1. He's in the pit lane, as ah. is Nate Stacy, who's Good. also showing with the red S, uh, as is Scott Hargrove in the AWA Porsche, as is... Who else? It was just Corey Fergus in the number 69, Mia McLaren. So clearly it's not actually on track. It's just pit lane so i've so got seven different manufacturers in the top nine wow. mercedes mclaren bmw audi chevrolet top five all different then the the second of the mercedes that's guy cosmo and kind of before uh, then the best of the porsche caymans scott hargove in the faf motorsports uh, or the uh, awa number 13 uh, then the bmw of gregory uh, Leo Fuge in car number 88, another BMW. Then the first of Ford Mustangs, that's Jade Buford in car number 40 in 9th. And in 10th position, or 10th and 11th, the two Mercedes AMGs of Wards, Bryce and Russell. So, Dad, mm. ahead. Are there change drivers? No? Yeah, I think Christian Hohenadel took the number 57 car out first, did he? I think he did. I didn't so notice No, that. I didn't see it, if yeah, I'm okay. honest. Well, in that case, uh, it's Bryce Ward then. If it is Bryce, yeah. well done Russell, to him yeah, because he job. had a nasty accident yes, here last he year at the bus stop and uh, rang his bell a little bit. Yeah. Very small mistake, big consequences. Had a couple of AMG GT4s went in there and both of them uh, were damaged beyond repair here at the circuit. Had a good top 10 finish last time out there to that pairing. Bryce Ward and Christian Hohenardel in car number 57. Christian coming back with quite a few drivers actually. Saw many people, drivers and team, uh, coming out, bouncing either bouncing through the UK or coming out from the UK early on in the week from having been at the Nürburgring 24 last weekend. A stunning race if you haven't caught up with it. I won't spoil it for you. 
The video is all there, as is the audio on uh, radio-show.co.uk. Good team effort from the RSL team down there with the addition of Martin Haven as well, who came in to help us out when he was done with the WTCR race. And a thoroughly enjoyable and bonkers race. And I use the word bonkers advisedly, but in a very good way. Bit of drafting well, going on down the front straight as the number three Alpha just pulls out. Alex Popeye down the inside and very quickly after joining slightly behind everyone else is up to second place in TCR. The Audi RS3 LMS TCR DSG. And because <laughs> there, Z, because there aren't enough <laughs> TLAs on it, three-letter acronyms <laughs> on it, of, uh, of Stephen Simpson has just uh, left the pits, the 54 car then with the best time 157.663 the Alpha 158.711 then the beginning of the hordes of Hondas 84 and 89 car 59 flat for both of those cars then the Audi of the 12 team that's another DSG car and then the Hyundai uh, Hyundai Veloster yep. here Hyundai, I was told last week when I was in Europe by yep. the uh, European guys. No, it's Hyundai. Hyundai. Uh, and uh, Michael Lewis uh, in the Veloster NTCR, the number 98 car, in sixth position. Uh, and those Hyundais uh, for this weekend, they've got a slight bounce of performance break. Uh, 20 kilos taken off those uh, Hyundai Velosters compared to last time out at Mid-Ohio. You made a joke about the fact that there's the abbreviation for DSG on the back of the Audi, but aren't there two different varieties of the Audi RS3 TCR car and only the DSG version is allowed around an IMSA? Uh, there, I don't know whether there are two different versions allowed to run in IMSA or only one, but there is a sequential, an yeah. SEQ as well. Yeah. All the um, VAG, mm. uh, let's keep the three-letter acronyms going. <laughs> keep let's it keep going. TLS going. All of the Volkswagen Group cars TMI. Are, are, use, are, are available. So that would be the VW Golf, the, the Cupra, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't allowed over here because they don't sell yeah. over here. Yep. Um, no, it's called Cooper, Cooper now. Well, that's a brand on its own. Is it? That's the performance brand. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. And they've so transitioned over like to AMG. that. AMG. Yes, yeah. very much. Very uh, cool. Hyundai Genesis. Yeah, Same thing. That's not th- yeah, correct. Uh, th- and the Audi, all those three are available with a DSG box, which is very similar to what you get double clutch yep. in your, your street car, or a straight cut sequential box, hmm. which does depends who you talk to about whether you think there's a performance advantage. A sequential box, in theory, should give you an advantage because it shifts a little bit quicker, and you might just be able to exploit that if you're a good driver. I have heard people say that for anything other than a pro driver, there's next to no difference, and actually sh- shifting with a sequential box um, might not be the best thing for a, uh, a non-pro driver. It's also very much more expensive. Mm. There's a slight weight advantage as well, so it's a bit lighter in the sequential box as well. But as all the cars run underweight and are ballasted up anyway, that doesn't make a difference other than moving the ballast around. Mm. So... You pay your money, you take your choice. I, I, I'll investigate now. We'll have to ask whether the, the sequential... But I've never seen one of the ones with SEQ, S-E-Q written. No. I see it in the um, Corentic series Yeah. with both the Golfs, the Audis, in fact, all three of them, the Golfs, the Audis, and the Coopers. There's, there's versions that are, are raced together. And they have the same balance of performance, so it's not as if one gets an advantage over another in terms of weight or anything like that. Uh, more improvements... Uh, the 
Number 82, BMW GT4. That's Dylan Jones. Dylan Derrick Dennis. Devin. Devin Jones. <laughs> Dylan Jones. Murray. Devin Jones. Yes. D Jones. Uh, 155.890. That's is something that we're absolutely certain about mm. on that BMW M4 GT4. Rumours abounding that the next BMW GT3 car to replace the M6 will be based on a GT4 oh. rather than, uh, excuse me, an M4 rather than one of the coupes. The M6 seemed to be, in marketing terms, probably a bit long in the tooth now. And it has been successful. I had a horrible weekend uh, at the Nürburgring. Um, I think a weekend to forget. Oh. So I won't mention it again. But generally speaking, the M6s have been pretty successful in GT3 uh, competition around the world. But Jens Markart talking to, I think it was Sports Car 365 at the ring, uh, who was who was giving a big hint that it, it might be the M4 platform for the GT3 next time around. And I, as I said at the time, cue the argument about whether the BMW M4 is a GT car or not. Somebody will say, it's not a GT car, it's a touring car. Well, that would that, be quite it, because right care. now BMW has they have, they have the M4 for GT4, they have the M6 for GT3, and then they have the M8 for GTE, don't they? So Which I think is unique. I, I yeah, don't think there's I think, another uh, no. manufacturer who have three different yeah. products. Now, mm. now, you can say, Jeremy, well, why wouldn't you consolidate it all onto one platform as many manufacturers? Look at Porsche, look at Audi, look Mercedes. at Aston Martin, Mercedes, all the same platform. BMW might well say, yeah, but we're promoting three different models yeah. Yeah. by doing this. And they all look different. So when you approach it from an outsider's perspective, when you're not a racing fan necessarily, and you see a picture of the race car, you know what it's in because of what it looks like. I don't think it matters so much in the Mission and Pilot Challenge, but when you get into a series where you've got um, a GT Le Mans car and a GT3 car, yeah. um, if they're two different brands, or two different models from the same brand manufacturer then obviously there's a more visual dif- difference or if you've got GT3s and GT4s racing together you know people will say you know as we see at the Nürburgring well okay you can only really tell the difference between the MG GT4 and the GT3 by the rear wing and then it gets further complicated by saying well we've, we've bunged a GT3 wing onto that and we've gone into a different and it's just it's impossible to tell yeah. them apart so if we can't tell them apart how can they casual spectator if there well, is such a thing look at mclaren for example they're racing the 720s in WeatherTech. so my first one on the road on the way back from germany oh i bet that was a sight worth seeing ah uh, he was still behind me on the shuttle <laughs> I, I got pole position <laughs> you have qualified him that's okay he let you he wasn't really interested no, I blew in qualifying it actually. setup lights went green and i turned the wrong way oh. i managed to sleep through oh man but yeah they've got the two different models running the mm. the one here in the Michelin Pilot Challenge, which is represented by two separate teams. You've got Compass Racing and you've got Mia. And right now, Mia, the second fastest car out on the track, so McLaren's doing something right with their GT4 machine. Front-engined uh, V8 Mercedes AMG GT4 leads from mid-engined V8 of McLaren, from front-engined BMW, from mid-engined V10 of Audi, from very much a front-engine V8 of the Chevrolet Camaro, Robin Liddell doing a cracking job there, the 71 car. And then rinse and repeat until we get to eighth with the mid-engined Cayman. Although still a flat six, that car. Although the 718 street car is a 
four-cylinder car. The GT Floor Club Sport uses the engine from the outgoing car in the body of the new version. Hmm. And cool to see those top five cars, the top top five manufacturers, all separated by uh, less than half a second. Yeah, well, it's less than half a second. Yeah, it's really tight. Good shout out again, to Tim Probert, in car number sixty-five, the one of the two Marilla Racing Mercedes AMG GT4 cars. Tim was an absolute revelation last time out at Mid Ohio. Drove a really, really good race. He As did. I said a while ago, he came away with a fourth place finish. And uh, once again, now up inside the top 10 in car number 65. You might say top 10. How special is that? Well, it's this very is a special. super yeah. deep field. Yeah. There's Shit. a new fastest time, though. It's Devin Jones who's back out in number 82 Bimmerworld BMW. He goes to the top now with a 155.589. Still 36 minutes of this session to run. It's the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge from Watkins Glen. Huge gaggle of cars going across the night. And a slow-moving Mustang was the number 59. Mm. Rod Randall in the GT4 16th position in the mainly red car. Fifth in points coming yeah. into this weekend. Rod Randall and uh, Kenny Wilden doing phenomenal effort this he, season. He just wasn't up to pace there. wasn't pulling revs. And right over towards the right-hand side, the pit wall of the start for finish straight. So yeah, and for the first four-hour race of the season, uh, Dr. Rod's son, uh, DJ, was uh, was drafted into that car alongside him. Uh, and then the next couple of races, uh, DJ had his, had his own car. But this weekend, it's just, just the two that are list listed on the entry list that I saw earlier in that number, what, 59 car, is it, from... Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like Rod, Rod Randall and Kenny Wilden. But it's just funny that that's the team where last year we had Nate Stacy and Kyle Marcelli win three races, finish second in the championship, and so far they've been comprehensively outperformed by the 59 car. Yeah. Right, Trinkler up inside the top seven now, kind of a 46, the second of the Team TG, TM, TGM cars. In fact, Defending they're, champs. They're now seventh and eighth. Owen Trinkler uh, slightly ahead now of Guy Cosmo. And on that note, defending champs, where in points do you think they are so far? Yeah, nowhere. 22nd. Yeah, They've had an absolute shocker of an they opening part of the season. 38 points compared to the championship leaders on 84. Yeah, 155.589, the new fastest mark from the 82 BMW M4. How did a car in the pits just go to the top of the charts? Last time around. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah, that just changed. And that Bemerworld BMW, which, by the way, has a new livery this weekend. They normally have red and white on the car. They've got a nice big splash of blue on it, too, for the uh, patriotism. Oh, yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah, see that now. There's a few uh, change of liveries this weekend in yeah. the in numerous championship. Another improvement, Eric Foss. In the 56, that's another one of the Murillo Racing cars. Fourth position now, 156.037. Jeremy told you about Owen Trinkley, now in eighth position, but that was a 56.2 there. So what have we got? We've got ten cars inside a second round here on a 155.56 lap. That's pretty stout stuff. Just gives you an idea of how committed you have to be and how few mistakes, Jeremy, you can afford to make down here around this circuit um, if you're going to be in contention because to fall 
a second off the pace is not that much. But you can't afford to be that every lap. Yeah, it is It is super competitive. I mean, this championship is just getting better and better, isn't it? Oh. And uh, you know, we've got, what, 24 GS cars here this weekend. And you can throw a blanket over them. Already we've, we've got, what, we've got five different manufacturers at the moment in the top six with that second of the uh, Mercedes jumping up there. Eric Foss up into fourth position, car number 56. So not to be outdone by his no. teammate Brett Mosing in the number 65. Eric Fossil, hey, I better get uh, get myself going here. He's up in the fourth position. So it's BMW, Mercedes, McLaren, Mercedes, Audi, Chevrolet, BMW in the top seven. Then two Mercedes, and then the best of the Porsches. Shemaze at number 13 car, the AWR of Ori Fidani and uh, Scott Hargrove, who I believe set that time just a little while ago. Top 20 within two seconds of one another, and we didn't see that in either of the practice sessions that we had for, I mean, all of the practice sessions we had for either of the two series earlier. Yeah. And that wasn't even 20 cars. Ken Cook is down in 17th position in that car number two. It's a great-looking livery. Was that the livery you were talking about? Yes. Yeah. They're running a, an yeah, American flag across super. the, the front of their really car, it, running along the whole thing. But languishing at the moment down in the 17th position. Car number two. So into the last half an hour or thereabouts of this session. Track limits at turn eight. Uh, hot topic this morning or uh, this morning and yeah, this afternoon. Really boring. Yeah. Trent Not Hinman's had a top line invalidated and the 89 as well. Ryan Eversley. Oh, right. Okay. In the TCR Honda Civic. Some 89 car we are talking about. In TCR, it's still number 54 car that leads away that time set. Uh, right at the beginning of the session by Stephen Simpson and uh, Mikey Taylor uh, took a few laps in that car as well and now it's Michael Johnson who's showing at the wheel of that JDC Miller Motorsports car number 54 157.663 turned by Stephen is, it's a full second, well bar two thousands, quicker than the entire rest of the field in TCR, so a remarkable lap for Stephen Simpson, the lap record in TCR set in qualifying last year, 158 Point zero, so he's four tenths of a second inside that, and that was Stephen Simpson who set that record. Uh, no, excuse me, it wasn't. It was Pierre Nicolai Newbing who set the uh, qualifying record last season at one fifty-eight point zero. Stephen Simpson had the fastest race lap last year at one fifty-eight point nine. How about the two Alpha Juliettas, yeah. second and third, for one of the most distinctive cars in TCR? That's particular little five-door hatchback not built under the auspices of Alfa Romeo themselves but allowed to compete and there's some 30 of them around the world and uh, as I say very distinctive super looking thing and delightful to see them here the black number five car with the Tricolore and the Alfa Shield over the back wheels Tricolore over the roof and the side panels that's back in the pits but has just improved to third position behind its team car the bright red car you've got to have a red alpha if you're going to have one in but i do think the black one looks fantastic fantastic that was the papadopoulos car 
in second place, sitting only behind that number 54 Audi that Jeremy's just been talking about. Yeah, was, uh, Alex Popov set that time in the number three Alpha, but uh, Alexander Papadopoulos, uh, he's taken the wheel of that car now, and he's a relative new, newcomer. Didn't do the uh, the last race at Mid-Ohio. That was Mark Fahmy. Yep, but uh, back at the wheel of the car this weekend. Probably missed out on all the fun. So, inside the last half an hour now. Adam, Jeremy Shaw, John Hindorf. <laughs> uh, just waiting for another tranche of cars to come through. There's a few pit stoppers at the half-distance mark of this first practice session for the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. So either a few little tweaks being made to the car or driver changes being done. Interesting that we've seen all three of the drivers in the number 54 JDC Miller Motorsports TCR car with uh, Michael Johnson, Stephen Simpson and Mikey Taylor. The Ward family outing has just got more competitive as Russell Ward has jumped up to... In fact, he's improved two laps running. Yeah. Now a 55.8. He was just under 56 the last lap around and jumped up inside the top 10 now all the way up to fourth position with a 155.843. So BMW, Mercedes, McLaren, Mercedes, Mercedes, Audi, the top six. Hmm. And in TCR, still the 54 Audi from the two Alphas, then the Hyundai Velasta, then two Honda Civics, 84 and 89. And it is the 98 Hyundai Velasta, I should say. But look at the times, Jeremy, particularly between those two Honda Civics. Nothing between them now. Yeah, that is Literally nice, a blink of an eye. Yeah, 159.012 for, uh, for the number 84 Honda. That's Todd Lamb, and right behind him at a 59.030 is Chad Gilsinger in the Honda number 89. And just ahead of those two, a 58.977. That's uh, Michael Lewis in the number 98. Brian Herder, Autosport, Hyundai Veloster. And also at a 58.9 was Tim Lewis Jr. It was to set that time in number 5 Alpha. Now Ryan Block has just left the pits. Frank Depew is in the Camaro. So we've had Liddell, we've had Depew, but we've not yet had Davis. In the 35 Mercedes, has that been Dylan Murray the whole time in that so. car? I'm pretty sure. Uh, so we have James Cox suiting up right now. I can actually see him down near the Winds pit box. Every time he goes by and they're waving him in, he's just tapping his helmet to say the radio's not working yeah i'm just gonna stay out here until uh, the fuel uh, one long light comes on well yeah. when when bill riley's on your pit box i think you obey him you don't well that's true you don't have an accidental radio failure you just listen to the man <laughs> yeah turn one coming into play now for a couple of drivers and teams including russell ward and the Brett Mosing driven number 65, so a couple of Mercedes mm. just going off track at turn one. Important to say that just going off track doesn't necessarily get your lap invalidated. It has to be adjudicated that you've gained an advantage by that. And, and you can see that because the IMSA timing system by Al Kamel is clever enough to have a look at that and work out how far off the track you were, whether you gained 
time on that sector. And therefore you get a little... It's like a little uh, supermarket receipt, isn't it? It prints out in the... Yes. In, in risk control. Well, it's the same system that you would find in a restaurant where you punch in the orders in a computer and then it comes up in the kitchen in the back and then they can put that receipt up and make whatever's on the receipt. It's the same thing. And when race control gets a little print that comes up from some magical computer that tells you what's been going on, all of a sudden they realize, okay, they call it over the radio so the teams know it. And then once it's been served, they put it on the stack where they puncture it oh, really? so they know it's been, been served. Done. Right. So it actually, the ones that are done already will have a hole in them so you Go can yeah. tell they've been done. So any second now we'll see car 82, chicken valdistana, no vegetables, extra fries coming up. Will we? Yeah. Any second. 86 vegetables, extra fries. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Steak is rare, please. <laughs> Excessive tri- track limits now. Ew. For the number 97 car, that's uh, Rob Eklund Jr. Rob Eklund Jr. in the Aston Martin Vantage. And and this is important, I think, that this happens at this early part of the weekend. This is race control, letting the drivers know, Jeremy, what is and isn't acceptable. No point in doing this when you get to the last 20 minutes of a race and start then. And we've seen this in other series where they're very lenient in the practice. You might say, why do it in the practice sessions? If you don't do it in the practice sessions, it makes it harder to do it in qualifying in the race. Yeah, very definitely. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it personally. I think it's, it's um, if it's paved, like, it's like, like on a golf course, if it's green, use it. That's my philosophy. Uh, same on a racetrack, really. But, um, yeah, that's, that's what they're doing. And, and um, there's a lot of penalties. And it, it'll be all laid out, particularly when they get to the... Uh, the driver meetings and the team manager meetings. Was that today or was that tomorrow? Tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, okay. Um, so it'll be it'll be laid down what they can and can't do specifically, and it won't be tied you after that if you get you know, you've got no excuses basically if you get pinged for it in qualifying or the race. Certainly in qualifying, you get your best laps taken away. The question though is what happens in the races. Veloster just goes through, and. That was the Mark Wilkins car, wasn't it? Yes, it was the 98 car that has just gone through. That's the light blue car. Yeah. The other one is the black car. Light blue, the race colours for Hyundai N, which is N is the sports version. And uh, saw so at the Nürburgring at the weekend, the new uh, i30 Fastback N. So Ooh. that's a five-door Fastback and they do an N version of that now as well. It's so gorgeous. That, that's not the uh, European version of the Veloster over here then? No, that's just the i30 oh, right. hatchback. Wow. <laughs> so this is another version of the same platform. And they were racing it, Jeremy. It was slippery. It yeah. was very good. A little bit longer, a little bit leaner, and very, very pre- uh, pretty car. And they had one sitting on display, the straight version of the car, sitting on display in a glass box outside the Nürburgring. And when, where we were parking in the major car park, we had to drive past it pretty much every day, at least once or twice. And it was in a dark grey metallic colour with the nice alloys on. And I thought, that's a very good looking car. And then when it raced, unfortunately, it was leading the class um, before it had a nasty crash, actually, on the, uh, the Dottinger Hall. You don't have small incidents Ew. on the Dottinger Hall. That's the fastest part of the the track heading back towards the start-finish line. Unless uh, you're superhuman like Rene Rast and well, save a very big crazy. Extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was rebuilt and sent back out again and then um, 
had somebody else drive into it. But uh, very, very interesting what mm. the, that particular manufacturer is doing. The Camaro. Hyundai and Kia, of course, linked together. Yes. Um, part of the same huge, huge conglomerate of which cars are a tiny, tiny part of what they do. But they still have, I believe, and I, I stand to be corrected on this, this the biggest single site manufacturing plant in the world where raw materials go in one end and cars pop out at the other with monotonous regularity. So they've got wow. things like um, a steel manufacturing plant there. They manufacture parts of the body work, their own bodywork. They do um, seats. They do all sorts of stuff themselves that normally would be um, subcontracted out. And it's all in one huge plant, which is ticking over all the time and spitting a car out every whatever it is, 35 seconds. And we uh, had a, a bit of a chat with the Hyundai Motorsport guys, Hyundai um, Motorsport guys, sorry. No, they, they are they, the they Hyundai. Were, they were, yes. yes. Um, and uh, they uh, have recruited um, Andrea Adamo, from Jazz, J-A-S. So he's been involved in touring cars for a long time. Uh, he's looking after the rallying as well, which they're doing. So they're doing rallying at TCR, rallying at two levels with the WRC top-class car and an R5 customer car and the TCR. And he gave us a big hint. They weren't stopped there. Wow. So there's something at this, you know, that's something to watch. And that end brand... Um, I'm hoping to get a drive in the N-I30i on which the Veloster is based uh, later on in the year for the TCR 500 race, which is probably going to be a 24-hour race at, uh, at Spa. You know who else is doing that race? Todd Snyder, the race director for the Lamborghini Super is Trofeo. He really? He's got a ride in that, in the 24-hour touring car race. So that'll be a lot of fun for Todd. Um, and before we move away from Hyundai, mm-hmm. as it is here... Mm-hmm. Congratulations to them on their race win at Mid-Ohio because yeah, that didn't much. take them very long to put it together and we didn't think it would with Brian Herta Autosport behind it. Um, but that was a, a very big weekend for that crew in the number 98 car, the light blue one with the hints of orange on the roof. And I did want to just mention that two cars were flagged for excessive track limits violations. The 97 Aston Martin from Automatic Racing, came in and served its drive through penalty. And pretty much as soon as it came up on the screen that the 71 Camaro was receiving the exact same condemnation, they came in and served their drive through penalty as well. Okay. Still the excellent time of 155.589 sitting at the top of the stack. Over a tenth of a second. Now, that's nothing really, is it, in terms of motor racing, particularly when we're on a, what, three-and-a-half-mile circuit here at Watkins Glen International. In the realms of IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge, that is a big gap. But still, uh, now 11 cars within a second of the leader. And it is BMW, AMG, McLaren, AMG, AMG, Audi, 7th, Chevy Camaro, BMW 8th, then two more AMGs. And in within, still within a second of that top time, the first of the Porsches is that number 13. Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport extraordinarily close and in fact if we go down to 18th position which is where Alan Brynjolfsson is in the 
Porsche 718 Cayman. He's only a second and a half away in 16th position. That's how tight it is. Check that in 18th position. So 18 okay. cars within a second and a half. I have a question that Jeremy may not be able to answer, but I'm going to pose it to you anyway, Jeremy. Here comes the curveball. V. Barletta. Yep. Driving the number 96 Turner Motorsports BMW. Yep. Who is he? Well, I, I, I don't know. Okay. Because uh, I haven't That's been the over there yet. But uh, all I could find of a uh, Vincent Barletta was a, uh, a an associate professor, amongst amongst other things, at Stanford oh. University. Wow. In uh, something, what was he? It's associate professor in... Division of Literature, Culture, Culture yeah, and Languages. Comparative Literature, yeah, that's right. Wow, Comparative very cool. Literature, uh, Iberian, Latin American cultures, yeah. Very the reason very I asked was because I don't recognize that name. That helmet has just extracted itself from the number 96 Turner Motorsports BMW. Robbie Foley has been installed, and they are still sharing the car with Bill Oberlin because he is sitting on top of the top of their pit box, just sitting there looking a bit sad, lonely, waiting, not wearing a fire suit, still in jeans and a T-shirt and cap. But uh, yeah, He'll get his turn later. Yep. No, I don't think so. I think he's being saved no, for tomorrow. Later in the weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, for, you know, for Vincent Barletta, I mean, this is his, this is his, it certainly is IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge debut, and possibly his his uh, professional racing debut because I certainly haven't huh. seen that name before. Uh, that don't recall seeing the name in any, any in anything else, and so it makes perfect sense to give him as much track time as you possibly can. So he's done the majority of this session, and and he's brought his lap down lap times down. You know, consistently, he's done a good job. He's got below two minutes, uh, which is uh, you know, very respectable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's now going to hand the car over. And uh, was that Robbie, Robbie Foley just departing the pit lane yep. as we speak? Blue and white helmet for Robbie, the young man whose birthday is in a couple of weeks' time. I think he's turning 23, if memory serves. Actually, if I just flip back two pages into the WeatherTech information, I can tell you that, yes, he'll be turning 23. What a an opportunity to get to share a race car, to share a BMW with Bill Oberlin, Can, especially considering that uh, Turner Motorsports know their way around Watkins Glen very well, having won the six hours as recently as last year. So if they go in the six hours, why not the four hours? It seems more than possible. There is a Vincent Barletta, who's the president and CEO of Barletta Heavy Engineering. Which is a road building and infrastructure com- company in its fourth generation of family ownership. It comes from Canton, Massachusetts. I think it's the same chap actually as the uh, as a, as the associate professor. Um, mm. hmm. Massachusetts versus Stanford. Yeah, could be. Let's see. Well, it is. Ex- Interesting to know that it is still D. Jones behind the wheel of the 82 Bimmerworld BMW. So that means that James Clay has not yet been given an opportunity to drive. And who else? Jim, Jim Cox now behind the wheel of the Mercedes AMG, the number 35 for Riley's crew. Uh, Jesse Lazar taking over the McLaren GT4 for Mia. Car up in third place. Indy Donchett now in the previously driven Russell Ward, Mercedes AMG. Yeah, number 35, Riley Motorsports entry with uh, 
Dylan Murray having doing much of the session. Now James Jim Cox has taken over. That they had, they had a fantastic run last time out at Mid Ohio. He came away with a, a career best second place finish, just losing out in the closing stages. But it's a great run, uh, first of all by Jim and then by uh, Dylan Murray later on. And to have someone like Jerome Breckenmullen hopping in that car as well this weekend, uh, as as he he shared the car with them in the opening race of the season at Daytona. Didn't he? Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. that. That's very much going to be a car to watch this weekend. They had no luck at all at Daytona, out early, but since then that car has been super strong. In the number fifty-nine Mustang, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. The Core Motorsports Group, uh, that car being shared by Rod Randall and Kenny Wilden, only fourteen points off the lead of the championship. I've just noticed on the updated entry list. Billy Johnson listed to drive with them this weekend. That's going to be super fun to see. Billy, the 2016 GS champion in a Mustang. And a guy who's helping to develop a couple of new streetcar variety Mustangs with some very big engines. Ford man through and through. Yeah, and and super successful in this championship as well in the past. uh, Billy is a... a, uh, he won the championship in 2016. He's been second and third half a dozen times. One of the most experienced and successful drivers. 23 wins to his name. I think that's tied, actually, with uh, uh, Matt Plum as the uh, the most successful driver in this uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge and its previous iteration dating back to 2001. Hmm. 49 podium finishes to his name, Billy. So it would be a good place to make it number 50, wouldn't it? The two, sorry, Shea, the two um, Ward cars just gone quicker. Christian Hornardle and Indy Donchi with their best laps. 56-4 for Christian, 55-8 for Indy. Third and tenth, those two cars. I was going to say, Matt Plum not racing in this series anymore, so that seems a little bit unfair that Billy gets an opportunity. They could put... Uh, Matt in the McLaren for Compass Racing. Did we mention Mark Wilkins going to second in TCR? Mm, he still jumped no. ahead of both no. of the Alphas. Yeah, yeah. 58-6. So now it's Audi, Hyundai, Alpha, Alpha, Honda, Honda, Honda. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. Yeah, it yeah, feels like there should be a reply to that chant, shouldn't there? <laughs> really yeah, very does. good. Any other entry list changes that you've come across? Um, nothing that I noticed just glancing at it. But there was an entry list that was just published a couple hours ago. So that's good to On, on the to website. Know. On the competitor's website, yep. yep. Less than two seconds between... The, in fact, let's call it 1.75 seconds between the top 21 GS cars. <laughs> that's just fantastic. 1.7 seconds on a sub-two-minute lap. Top time, 155.5, 157.3. So 1.772 the difference between first and 21st. And anybody who's ever driven a racetrack of this length with this many corners on it will tell you that 1.7 seconds can be lost in the blink of an eye. That's, you know, it's a barely two-tenths per corner. Well, here, and that's nothing. It's a single blown apex out of turn two that slows you down going up through the S's and then slows you that's down... Making a, that's making a mistake, Shape. It, it, it's, it's breaking... Eight feet too early for every corner. 
Yeah. Six feet too early, four feet too early. It is that fine. If you're losing, uh, there are 14 corners, 13 corners? 11. 11 corners. Okay, 11 corners around here. So it's just over a tenth. Yeah. It's not, you know, it, it's a tenth and a half at each at each corner. And that's that's slightly later on the brake, slightly later on the throttle, maybe carrying a little less speed in places. I mean, it's it's nothing. Well, nothing at all. And that's almost why it's more admirable that some of the drivers have chosen to do this race with only two drivers in the cars because there are non-professional drivers in oh, this yeah. series who are much weaker than their co-drivers. You only have a 40-minute minimum drive time in this series, in this race, this weekend, out of a four-hour contest. So you could bring in someone else who's really, really good and say, all right, I'm going to drive 40 minutes, bail out, and then let you two have all the fun. But there are guys in this field who are going, like Ted Giovannis, who's going, you know what? I'm going to do my time. I'm going to share my responsibility with Guy Cosmo, and I'm not going to sacrifice a single lap to let somebody else come in and play with my car because I want more time. You've, you've got Alan Brynjolfsson, race winner at Mid-Ohio, by the way, alongside Trent Hinman. It's just he and Trent for this four-hour race. And by the way, Trent has a race on Sunday, too, that lasts six hours so, in which he's leading the championship. Do we think here, then, we might see the quote-unquote pro drivers start the race, do a stint, and then get the second driver in for 40 minutes, and then the pro driver goes to the end from there? It's yes, that's what yes. we saw at Daytona, and that's yeah. what we saw here last yeah. year too. Right. It works both because normally ways. you put you put your non-pro driver in at the start. Yeah, they qualify the car, they go in at the start, and as soon as forty minutes comes up, you either go to the end of your fuel window or f- first full course or yellow after four, forty minutes. Yeah, yeah. well, that's fine if it's only an hour and twenty still to go. But at yeah. that point, I mean, the pro drivers could go from there, but they've been. They would be being asked to do three hours and twenty. Three minutes. hours and twenty minutes <laughs> in potential heat. Yeah. Right. Or, okay. Or a lot of rain, which again is more mentally fatiguing than the dry. Seven sets of tyres for GS across the weekend. Five sets for TCR, and and that's actually quite hard for TCR from drive cars. That means you've got to be careful with the front tyres at least. Certainly provides a lot of strategy opportunities for people to take different risks than perhaps they normally would, and it will mean that we're going to get different pit stop times mm. over the course of the race because people are going to be saying, "Okay, we need to get our pro out now to get the forty minutes out of the way." I tell you what, the TCR cars will not be putting a lot of new tires on the back of these cars new. in the early sessions. You'll be saving those for the front. Yeah, absolutely will. Down the last six and a half minutes, no changes new at the sharp time. of the league, except for the new fastest first and second. So the BMW 82 has gone quicker, a 155.457. That was our lead car, was our lead car, remember, with a 1.2 second gap to the field. Now, Indy Dunchy has gone through in the Winmore Mercedes AMG GT4 with a 155.162, nearly three tenths faster than the field and that is a huge gap compared to what we've seen the gap now back to third position is five tenths and we had the top eight in half a second up until that lap from Dungey. now there is a second between the top eight and between the top 21 now 2.2 seconds 2.2 yeah so still, and again, there's another good example of a car doing this race with just one extra driver, Mark Siegel and Tom Dyer, sharing the number 93 Audi for Carbon Motorsports. 
that's another example where you could pluck somebody else in. But no, Mark wants to drive the car. So it, I love seeing it when people do that, when they take up the responsibility and say, if I'm going to win this race, I'm going to earn my portion of the win. Still no Jerome Bleakmullen in the number 35 Mercedes. Ah, but he's come off the Pratt perch. They've ah. gotten him ready. There is a helmeted man standing gonna on the have pit to, wall. They're going to have to push on because with five minutes left to go yep. and it's a two-minute lap. When does he never well, push on? Uh, yeah. <laughs> pit now. Get get Jim out of the car. Put Jerome Cut, in. He's in the pit lane. There you go. And this is going to be nothing but a driver change. Car comes to a stop. They put it up on the air jack so that the driver doesn't have to hold his foot on the brake. There is an incline in this there pit is. lane. Quite a significant one. Yep, I yeah. do get shin splints walking up and down here. As I can attest to, when I had brake failure here and came down into the pit <gasps> lane and uh, just kept rolling. Doesn't, doesn't make it any easier to stop the car when you've got no brakes. Tell you that. Oh my! You can stick hand. it in gear; it'll slow you down a bit. But at some stage, you've got to dip the clutch and not stall the car, haven't exactly. you? Uh, Driver change is nearly complete. They're doing up the last of the shoulder belts, closing the window net and closing the door, checking the tire pressures for Bleak Mullen. And they still have four minutes. 159.5 is a new best lap for the number 21, the black Hyundai Veloster NTCR. Up into eighth position, but it's just lost that to Shelby Blackstock, who goes under two minutes, 159.254. Chad Gilsinger comes out of the pits in one of now four Hondas that sit 5th, 6th, 7th and 8th in TCR. It's the Stephen Simpson time from earlier on, the 157.6. Nobody's got anywhere near that. Three tenths, four tenths away for Mark Wilkins in the number 98 Veloster end. Then the two Alphas, then four Hondas line astern, as I say, from 5th down to 8th position. But very tight indeed. So 2 minutes point three is the 13th quickest car, which is the 61. And 157.6. So two and a half seconds on the TCR field. So that's nothing at all. Sorry, Jeremy. Well, no, it's improving there in second place. James Vance jumps up to second in TCR. Ah, it's another Audi. Yeah, in the number 23 fast MD racing Audi RLMS. Close your mouth, Chits. That's not attractive. Three LMS, TCR, DC, DSG, XYZ, uh, everything else. What, what have you just seen, Chits? Indy Doncha just blew everybody away. He's gone oh. to a 55 flat. So wow. his previous best time, uh, he now has nearly four tenths on the rest of the field. For now, because Jerome Blakemullen is on his outlap. Yes. So stand back from the fences, ladies and gentlemen. Where is, where's Blakemullen's car? Uh, it is fourth right now. It's still showing Dylan Murray on the timing screen. Copy. They had the same thing at Le Mans, actually, when Jerome got into the Ford for the final stint, and the timing screen was sh- still showing Keating. And I pointed that out to them, and they fixed it. Here's the BMW going back to the top, maybe. Ooh. With the... Which of the Joneses did we say was in that? Devon. Devon. With Devon Jones behind the wheel of the 82 car. Fastest of anyone in the sector. Second sector. His own personal best in the first sector. Coming into the third sector now. Here he is coming through the final turn. Comes out on our right-hand side. We look across from the... He's had a decent run and he's had nobody in front of him. And across the line as Christian Hornardle goes into second, but only for a moment as Jones does go back to the point with a 54-9. The first driver inside 155 here, 54-914. So Hornardle for a moment in second place for the number 57. 
So the two Wynward cars looking very strong indeed, separated by barely a tenth of a second, but Devon Jones back to the top for the Optima Batteries BMW. Jeremy Shaw, impressive stuff from Devon Jones. Well, yeah, particularly when you consider the lap record around here is a 156.4. OK, different tyres this season, but we've got the top, what, 13 cars, I think it is, underneath that track record in this first practice session of the weekend. This is the, you know, to quote the sage words from many years ago of Charles Chuck Dressing, these guys have started out throwing overhand. There's been nothing other than proper, proper stuff out here today. First to second now, a tenth and a half. Tell you what, someone needs to buy Brian Henderson a beer because he's just come back into the pit lane with the hood covering the windshield of the Atlanta Speedworks uh, Honda TCR car. I managed to miss the end of the pit lane. And, well, he came in. It was, it was really well driving, good driving. Good when skills. you're designing a car, I'm sure that the first... One of the first things you don't think about, so one of the last things you think about, is how much you can see if the hood blows up. Yeah. Porsches you can see quite a lot. Clearly Hondas you can. BMWs, not so much, as we found out at the Nürburgring uh, at the weekend with a, a, a hapless driver uh, coming into the pit at about 10 kilometres an hour and literally going from one side of the track, oh, there's a bit of green, to the other side of the track, I'm on the pit lane, I'm on the pit lane, I must be nearly there, clang, <gasps> right into the end of the pit lane and got it stuck to the point where he was spinning the bat wheels and couldn't get it out. All oh. it needed was the yakety sax Benny Hill music. <laughs> the, at that point, Johnny Palmer and I, who weren't on commentary duties at the time, we just looked at each other and went, this race has had it all this year, it's had everything. If you haven't seen it yet, look it up, it is on, it is on the YouTube. Oh my gosh. And then they, couldn't pull it, then they couldn't even manage to get it out with the, why didn't you stop and push it down? And then jump back in and drive, you know, 100 metres to the pit lane. Oh. It was extraordinary. <laughs> and we laughed a bit. I mean, you know, scary for the, the guy who did it. The car went back out again, by the way, with every shade of tank tape right down the front of the, the hood, which made it look like a BMW art car. It was like a low-rent BMW wow. art car, which was... Look it up. It's, it, it's, oh. it's worth watching. You will... Jeremy, you will not believe it. I guarantee you've not seen anything that funny. Nobody got hurt, so that's fine if we can say that. You will not see anything that funny and without a bit, a bit of common sense. Do you have to look through 24 ever. hours of coverage to find it, though? No, no, it'll be there. They'll have clipped. BMW hits right. end of pit lane at N24. Okay. Just search that. Uh, the checkered flag is now out. And Indy Dunshee's gone through, didn't improve. Neither did his teammate Christian Hornardle. Uh, Jerome Blake and Morland still fourth, so didn't improve Correct. last he, time around. He only did a few laps right at the end. Of he did I think he only one. did one. Uh, 54.914. Was that another improvement at the end by Devin Jones? It was. Yep. 0.162 now. Only, t only a very small uh, improvement. He, he came into the pit lane right. and didn't cross the start finish oh, okay. line. Right. He's got the middle sector tied up, but it's Indy Dunchy who rules sector one and sector three for Winward, so it's BMW 82 from the two Winward cars, 33 and 57 then Jerome Blake and Morland in 35, so three AMG GT4 Mercedes there together positions 2, 3 and 4 McLaren 69, Jesse Lazare up into 5th position ahead of the next BMW well that was the time that was set right, right at the, the beginning start. of the session yeah. by, uh, by Corey Ferguson, that's right it was interesting Corey to me, the other McLaren is way down, 18th position, yeah they struggled a lot this year with that car. 
Uh, still, I don't expect you to see it there tomorrow, I can tell you that. No, indeed. TCR, that early time set by the 54 Audi. Stephen Simpson's 157.663 stands ahead of James Vance, who sneaked up into second ahead of Mark Wilkins. 57.9 for the Audi number 23 ahead of the Hyundai Veloster of Mark Wilkins, the 98.58 flat. Uh, then, oh, we got a Honda as well. So that was a late improvement as well for the 52 Honda that got ahead of both of the Alfa Romeos, three from five. Those were relatively early times. And then the other hordes of Hondas, seven, eight, and nine. So that's the first run for the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. We'll have full coverage of that across the weekend, including the race, the four-hour race on Saturday, live in sound and vision on IMSA TV with IMSA Radio Commentary. And that's available without block or break here in the US and further afield globally. Uh, there's no need to miss any of the action when we're talking about the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, and that is the action for today as far as the uh, track action is concerned from Watkins Glen International. We'll be back live with the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge on Friday morning, bright and early, set the cuckoo clock. These cars on the track, 8 o'clock uh, local time. 8 o'clock local time? Yes. Nine, yes, 8 o'clock local time uh, tomorrow morning. From Jeremy, from Shea, I'm John Hindorf. Thanks for being with us and thanks for our technical team for having everything set up so we could walk in and start talking today. More across the weekend, live from Trackside on IMSA Radio. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.